It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the post-Syracuse edition of the Buds Podcast. Uh, I am Drew Schneider, and this is a... Joined, of course, with Garrett Shearman. Hello, hello. We are reeling. Reeling. We sat and talked about it for about ten minutes before we got started with this. Um, so, we have a lot of things to say about the uh, Syracuse game and not a ton of time to say them because we bounced back with Wisconsin on Friday night. But uh, we're going to get to what we have to say here in the next half hour or so. So if y'all hang with, uh, we'll be back after the uh, quick commercial break to uh, air some grievances and talk about some things. Um, So hold with us, and we will be back shortly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, and we are back from paying the bills. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and kick it over to uh, Mr. Shearman here because he's got uh, some frustration he needs to work out uh, to start things off. So, uh, Garrett, take away, bud. Well, I'm grinning, but I'm also frowning uh, internally. Um, so that was especially friggin' frustrating, and I don't want to make this R-rated, so I'm not going to make it R-rated. Um, I'm going to buzzer, and I just buzz him every time he swears. Yeah, we got an electric collar in here. It's fine. <laughs> um, but that was so frustrating for so many reasons. It was bookended. The game was bookended by a fumble in the red zone the red zone off on the goal line. The red zone offense looked awful. And then the last drive, perfect throw from Hudson Card, negated by a holding call. Mm. So many penalties. It's just Purdue had shoot yourself in the foot disease this week, and uh, I'm no mathematician uh, as as some of y'all are, but um, I believe it's probably a lot harder to win a football game if you turn the ball over four times in the first half. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, and like, and like, you seen looked so good. Receiving core looked great, but we got we got like hints that Max Clare could be the next Payne Durham. Like, it, everything seemed to be going so well for Purdue offensively at some points, but they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. And you know, I will get into the positives later. I will, I promise, because that's why it was so frustrating. There were so many positives, but we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot and no pun intended derailed the entire offensive plan in the process like ah dude there's so much room for growth there and they all looked good individually at times but please don't turn the ball over four times in the first half please don't negate touchdowns with holding penalties and please don't miss extra points i did say however that Syracuse was going to miss a kick, and they did. So they did. I, was, I was at least right about that. But <sighs> it was, that's what, and I agree, Gary. That was what was so frustrating about that game, and it was there. Like it felt a, a lot like the Syracuse game last year in a different way, but the game was there. Like Syracuse didn't wildly outplay Purdue. Uh, they ran the quarterback. And we shot ourselves on the foot in offense. And that's literally what happened. They ran the quarterback. We just kept blowing our toes off. And, I mean, between there, the offense looked great. Card threw for over 300 yards, 70% completion. Yeah, he threw a pick. 
But as I, so we'll talk about as we go on, those are sort of baked into this air raid offense. You throw the ball 46 times, you're going to get a bad read or a defensive back making a play. That happens. Um, and the fumbles, you know, the first one, it was just he was trying to make a play. He was going to be short. Didn't matter. I don't really even count that as a fumble. The second one, high snap, catches the ball at the bottom. He's trying to do too many things at the same time. Trying to feel the snap, uh, hand the ball to the running back, look at the defensive end, and none of that happened. And, God, was the third the third fumble I lost track? Was that him just getting pwned in the back? I, I think that's what happened, yeah. Yeah, I, just, just, I, I'm trying to block those three fumbles out. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just... Purdue does not have that margin of error. They don't. There's just not enough talent on the team. Most teams don't have that margin of error. Uh, I watched Clemson lose to Duke because they did the same thing. It's been a very frustrating football season for me, folks. Uh, it's, uh, but, you know, we're dealing, we're dealing with it here. Um, we're trying to stay positive. Um, so uh, getting past that initial out pouring of emotion. Yeah, what did you like? What did you like this week? Uh, I like I liked the wide receivers. Uh, I thought Yassine, like you mentioned, looked great. I mean, he's the possession receiver we need. He's not going to break a lot of plays. I think most of his receptions were like the like 8 to 12 yard catch it, fall down, get the first down variety. And that's great. That's perfect. I thought Burks, especially that long pass down the sideline, amazing. Sheffield has some good plays, like you said. Uh, Claire looked good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the receiving group looked good, and that was one of the question marks coming in. It's still missing uh, that big like receiver that can go down the sidelines and make catches. They're trying to turn Deion Burks into that, but he's 5'10", 5'11". And I think we mentioned it on one of the earlier podcasts. He's not Steve Smith. And if you're going to be that big, uh, that size, you got to kind of be Steve Smith. And there's like one or two of him in the history of football. Uh, So um, it's tough when, you know, you don't have that big guy on the outside, especially in today's game where back shoulder throws are such a staple in most offenses. But, again, that was where you've seen uh, sort of picked up the slack some with those uh, back uh, shoulder stop routes uh, uh, to pick up first downs. Um, on defense, the, the pass coverage wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, that's where I was going to go to. Yeah, that coverage wasn't bad. It looked better today than it did in, other, in any other game. They didn't really have any major play that uh, you were just like, oh, we just cut that dude free, or like, why do they just complete nothing but slant routes? I felt like that uh, looked better. Um, what about you, Garrett? Any other positives you have to add before we get uh, into some more? Well, I mean, in a similar vein to what you were talking about with the pass coverage, um, like I, I thought there was a decent possibility that Syracuse's just big, giant receivers were kind of just going to overpower us all night, and there was going to be a big uh, deep ball threat at one point in the evening, and they really limited them to that, so they showed that they can... Uh, you know, cover bigger receivers, and nothing was perfect, um, but I really liked Cam Allen's effort ball on the interception. Mm. Um, other positives, I mean, like, we already talked about the receiving core. Uh, you know, when when the 
when the left tackles do give Hudson card that uh, left tackles plural, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when the, sometimes. when the left and right tackles uh, are uh, you know giving him that time to extend the play, he he tends to deliver. You know, I mean, like if if you don't cough up the ball that many times and you make those passes, like Drew said, <clears throat> his completion percentage was great, uh, and he only had that one pick. And if you have that offense where you throw forty times a game, uh, an interception is very likely to happen. So like you know I don't I don't I don't think too heavily on that. Uh, so offensively, that's what made it so frustrating. Offensively, like when things clicked, they really really clicked, and I liked the play calling when things were going well. I did not like the third and short play calling. I will say um, they they did kind of uh, mess up third and short on a couple occasions. But overall, I mean like that's why it was so frustrating. That's why, right? <laughs> And let's talk a little bit. I just actually wrote a little bit. Uh, if you go to Hammer and Rails and check out my, uh, I think it says Monday Frustration article, I wrote a little bit about the short yardage issues. And, man, what I just see is just if you can't run in the A-gaps and Purdue can't run in the A-gaps, and the A-gap is the, the gap on either side of the center, um, you're going to struggle in short yardage. And Purdue just with, you know, Backup center, Coltenberger, or I'm combining several names, but the being backup center, Josh, he's fine. But he's not, like, and then the two guards next to him, they're just kind of undersized. They're G5 transfers. I'm glad they're here. They play well. They do all right in pass pro. But when it just comes down to, like, putting your hand in the dirt and just knocking somebody backwards, like, Purdue doesn't do it. It's so often when I see the mesh point of the handoff, the offensive line has already been pushed back two or three yards into the backfield, and it screws up all the timing. It, it messes up the handoff. Um, if you can't just establish that line of scrimmage, or better yet, push them and reestablish it a, lot, a yard or two uh, past where you start, you're going to struggle. And I know everybody wants, oh, well, we just need to run outside, run outside. The problem is if you can't run in the A-gaps or the B-gaps, uh, that means they're just sitting out there waiting for you on the outside. Like, where you need to be able to compress the defense and then outflank it. But you can't outflank a defense that's waiting for you on the outside because you can't, with your core group, block guys and push them forward and pick up two or three yards. If you can't do that, you're not a good team. That's my wife, um, Sarah. She's a... Uh, you know, I would say I've educated her uh, fairly well over you, our years. So you've uh, correctly mansplained football to her. I, yes, yes. I, I must be insufferable to live with. Uh, but, um, you know, that's the same thing you know, we talk about all the time. She's watching the game with me. She's like, you don't deserve to win if you can't run for two yards. Like, if you can't run, just hand the ball off and get two yards, you don't deserve to win a football game. And uh, I am, you know, that's where I am too. If you can't get two yards in the game of football by lining up and handing it to your running back, you don't deserve to win. And Purdue didn't deserve to win that game because they couldn't do the easy things, the little things. They did the hard things pretty well. But the, the easy things are where they everything just went, uh, 
you know, downhill. I had to really edit myself there. <laughs> they went to what? They went to where? <laughs> right. Um, but no, I mean, like that's the exact that's that's the exact thing I was gonna say was that like it's they're they're missing the little things but doing the big things well. So like that gives you that sort of optimism, hope for the future. But it's really frustrating to watch as it's unfolding before your very eyes, you know. Right. And. Um, it's, it's old and it's tired, but, like, football is a game that is won in the trenches, you know? And, like Drew was saying, like, it's a, there's a ripple effect between, like, if, if the structural integrity of the offensive line has already been compromised as the ball is being snapped, there's a ripple effect on how that affects where the ball is handed off, how high the snap is. There is nowhere, no interior run game to be had, can't penetrate A-gap, B-gap. So that's why, off, like, offensively produced really had to uh you know go to the sidelines like flex out a tight end like swing pass like those work well but like you can't give a guy like Maccabee no room to run and expect him to run anywhere he needs to make one guy miss get slippery downhill speed break like one tackle and everything on top of that is just the cherry on top I know I said that before but the interior run game is nowhere for Purdue and that offensive line is very serviceable on the outside, but the interior is very frustrating. Very and, frustrating. And let's talk about Maccabee for a second, because it was another frustrating uh, day for Crazy Legs. Um, and boy, I so this fumble issue is a cascading issue. It's uh, it's tough once you get labeled as a fumbler. Everybody on the defense. They're starting to punch that ball. Yeah, starts punching it out. And I get it. I mean, what you're seeing now is that defensive coordinators have tape on Maccabee, and he has one really, really bad habit. I am going to definitely show this in film this week on Hammer and Rails. But when he gets in traffic, he likes to swim his arms forward to get momentum. And uh, he, you, you'll see the ball in his right arm. Well, his elbow comes up in this like horizontal to the ground and as soon as it does that everybody starts punching at it yeah uh, i mean it's it's fully exposed it's like there's there's no sense of uh ball security at at times at times i'm not i we love crazy legs yeah but at times it seems like he kind of forgets about ball security yeah and it's really uh, almost a product of him trying so hard to grind out those extra yards. Yeah, he really does try to churn the extra yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so sometimes I almost feel like he'd be better served to just go down. And are those two, three yards, I mean, worth it after contact when you're having to swing the ball around? He got benched against Fresno because Fre- uh, in the almost, I think it was the first or second drive, he did the same thing. Got in traffic, got his elbow away from his body, and they punched the ball out. Um, so that's four fumbles before our lead back total in three games. We have managed to recover all four, which is pretty amazing. But um, uh, and he, maybe we, he stole some of Hudson Card's uh, fumbles uh, being recovered because Hudson went 0 for 3. Every time he put the ball on the ground, they jumped on it. Yeah, you can't, you can't get cursed with that bad fumble juju. Right. And so, I mean, it's just something he's got to work on. But it's also one of those things that I think he does instinctively, and those are the hardest habits to break. Um, I always think back to like when they tried to teach Tim Tebow how to play quarterback in the NFL and change his throwing motion, 
And, like, they would show him, and it would look good, it would look good, and then it got time to, like, pressure, and he immediately revert, reverted back to all of his bad habits that he probably learned when he was, like, 10 years old. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, those those habits are the hardest to unteach, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. Um, but, no, man, I mean... We, we can't talk enough about how frustrating that was, but there is one more thing I want to say about taking the good from the bad. Um, the defense really held up well, even though it was trial by fire. I mean, those, those um, well, first of all, this is Boiler Up Down South, so I should be saying that in my Georgia accent. Mm-hmm. Trial by fire. Trial by fire. Um, but uh, it was, they held up well in that trial by fire. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Garrett Schrader looked like a Heisman candidate at times, I will say that. He ran so well, and I think most of that was on the scheming and the fact that he is giant with powerful churning legs. Um, but, you know, the defense really surprised me at certain times about how resilient they were when um, I had to censor myself, too, when uh, a certain uh, type of excrement was hitting the fan. Um so, you know what? I, I like where this team is going, identity-wise, on both sides of the ball. And it's really just a matter of do the small things right, and the big things will take care of themselves. And they simply did not do that at very, very crucial points in this football game. I mean, it was still, after all of those errors, all of those miscues, it was still 28-20 to 20 after a missed extra point. You're still within one possession with that two-point conversion. It's not the end of the world, even though you've uh, peed the bed a few times. Um, and they just, even when they could take chances, or take their take their chance and try to make something of it, they couldn't. And that said, I really like what I saw identity-wise on both sides of the ball from this new Ryan Walters team. It sucks to see them lose that way, but I like where it's going. That's that's all I'm going to say. I like where it's going. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I sort of mentioned that in, in my article today. It's just like that game individually sucked. It was very frustrating uh, to watch. Um, but I don't think there's any, like, big long-term takeaway you can get over really, honestly, any game this season – um, it just takes guys a while. It's a new system. Um, so what I want to see is just continued improvement. And we saw that. Um, and then uh, on both sides of the ball. But we do need to talk a little bit about that uh, quarterback run game. Um, we were done in by a Garrett. And uh, as... I'm sorry. I, I apologize on behalf of all of us. Yes. As a member of the Garrett uh, Coalition, I'm, I'm a little disappointed uh, in you, Garrett. But... Um, like, first of all, shout out to Schrader. He played great. He he ran the ball with authority. Um, he picked all the right spots. Um, and uh, for the most part, he avoided the big hit. A couple times he got smacked. But I, I do want to say, uh, say something about that. Is it is super hard to uh, handle the QB run game in modern college football. Uh, when you have a guy like Schrader, because basically in most games, it's hands off the quarterback, except this game, the quarterback was pulling the ball. In my opinion, that they, Syracuse was running a version of the option. 
and Darren and I was talking about that. We both have teams, uh, cheer for teams, Georgia and Clemson, that play uh, Georgia Tech on occasion and went against that Paul Johnson offense. And uh, when Clemson finally figured it out against the Paul Johnson offense, they basically said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to hit the quarterback every play. Every play, he's going to pick himself off the ground. And by the third quarter, they're looking for a new quarterback because their, their first one is just like beat into the ground. Um, but Schrader, because they weren't running that triple option, when he puts the and when he fakes the handoff and puts the ball on his hip, um, that's really tough because if you don't see, you have to make sure he has the ball. Running back, it doesn't matter. You you run play action, the running back stick it in his gut, pull it out, and the linebacker blows him up. That was a good job by the linebacker and the running back. Uh, the running back did his job, but if if you miss on a quarterback and he doesn't hand uh, and he hands it off instead of keeping it, and you just smoke him from the backside, fifteen yard penalty. So when Schrader was doing all that slick ball handling that Purdue was having trouble with, like that's the one time you have to make sure he has the ball. Like if you hit him and he doesn't have the ball, it's a fifteen yard penalty, and I guarantee that ever that all week they're. And, you know, the defense is saying, is hearing, don't hit the quarterback late. Don't hit the quarterback late. Don't hit the quarterback late. And so he fakes the handoff, and the defense is saying, I can't hit the quarterback. But now the quarterback's got the ball, and he's running with it. So it's it's a tough, um, you know, Syracuse, I think, exploited that a little bit. Um, you know, it's within the rules. It's, it's using the rules to your advantage. Um... But at the same time, at some point this year, if they keep doing that, somebody is just going to smoke Garrett Schrader. Uh, and uh, they're going to have to be okay with that. Like, he is going to hand the ball off on a dive, and the end is just going to come and cut him in half. And that's just something they're going to have to deal with because if I watch that film as the next team, team Syracuse plays, I'm saying, Schrader's keeping the ball. Hit him. Schrader's keeping the ball, hitting at all times. Just keep hitting him. Purdue uh, didn't hit him enough. Um, and like I said, some of that is a function of them just not holding the edge um, or rushing too far past him and letting him step up and through. Uh, but some of it is, you know, you've got to come off the edge, read the handoff, figure out, uh, you know, who's got the ball, and, like, that's a lot to process for these guys, uh, you know, coming off the edge. So it made Purdue look silly on a few times, uh, a few times. But that's part of that is a function of us just, or any team, just not being able to hit the quarterback. And when they use their quarterback almost exclusively in the run game, that really puts the defense at a disadvantage. Yeah, no, uh, going back to like that Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech offense that he had there for such a long time, I remember watching those um, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech games uh, as a kid with my dad, who was, who was a decent uh, football player and told me a lot about how defenses work. Um, and he, there would be times where like uh, nobody would hit the quarterback because they were afraid on Georgia's offense uh, to get that penalty. And uh, occasionally he'd hit him on uh, third and three, but they still pick up a first down. And, and my dad would say uh, he might have gotten the first down, but I guarantee you he's going to remember that hit the next time he goes for the option. 
And somebody's going to do that to Garrett Schrader this year. Whether they get the flag or not, uh, I think some defensive coordinators and linebackers coaches are going to be willing to take that risk, but Purdue was not, and Garrett Schrader, Garrett shredded the offense, Ooh, the defense. Yeah. Uh, I, I ruined a cool line by saying offense instead of defense, but Garrett Schrader, Garrett shredded it. Yes, yes, he was a very good Garrett. Um, and so, like I said, I don't think there's a big takeaway from this game. Um, other than do the little things right. Um, the interior offensive line is maybe gets better when Harvard comes back. Who knows? How? I mean, we've been flirting with his return um, for a few weeks now, so hopefully he's uh, ready to go. Um, having Garrett Miller back in the run game would be nice. Uh, I didn't see him on the injury report, but I didn't see him in the game. Yeah, I didn't. There was not a Garrett Miller signing at all. Um, there was certainly a, another Garrett that did very well as we were talking. Um, but honestly, if uh, if Miller gets back healthy, I'd kind of want to see because I was talking about the thirteen personnel last week, and I'd kind of honestly like to see him maybe even do some jet sweeps. Like he's one of the speedier tight ends. He is a uh, if if Purdue has a deep route uh, threat for a tight end, it's him, and probably only him. Uh, because he is that speedy, and maybe like a Garrett Miller uh, jet sweep would be kind of fun. Um, but now I'm just speculating on future plays instead of uh, talking about what we just witnessed. But but no, I I agree with you that I feel like we keep talking about Purdue sort of missing that big guy that can go down the field and take it away from a safety, and I kind of think that's Garrett Miller. Uh, but who knows? Um, you know. It's a long rehab. He hurt that thing in fall camp last year. Um, he did not look right against Virginia Tech, so who knows? We may be wishing for something that's just not going to happen this year. Um, you know, that's too bad, but uh, that's the way uh, sports go sometimes. Yeah, injuries suck. I don't wish them upon even, like, the players I hate the most. So. Yeah, I wish my knee still worked. Uh. Oh, dude, me too. Uh, skateboarding and soccer and basketball and football and hockey and all. Oh, God. I'm 28 years old and I feel like this every day. Wait until you're 42. Oh, please, God, no. <laughs> All right, but anyways, we are going to go ahead and uh, take this home. Garrett, do you have any uh, closing thoughts uh, before we uh, head off to our separate destinations? No, really, I just want to reiterate, reiterate the fact that, you know, it was very frustrating, but I do like where the identity of both sides of the ball is currently. I think there is a lot... A lot of places Purdue can go with this talent and with this scheme. It's just, it, it did not come into fruition for us this week. Yeah, that's where I am, too. Uh, was, uh, this game, it's one of those games you just kind of got a flush. Like, I don't think Purdue's not going to play a quarterback like Garrett Schrader, who is like a, you know, he played wide receiver for Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Like, he is an athlete, uh, and he's giant. Uh, so I don't. That's not gonna be. I don't think a reoccurring problem uh, for the defense. Um, and you know, I don't think Huston Carr is gonna cough the ball up three times, or at least you know twice. Uh, is what I was really counting. That first one I didn't really count. Um, so no huge takeaways from it, other than I think Purdue and Syracuse are probably two pretty matched, uh, evenly matched schools. And this is Dino Babers' like tenth year there, and Ryan Walters' first year. So. Um, uh, you know, that's a good uh, place to start. 
Yep, good starting point, good starting point. Anyway, guys, uh, we are signing off. Uh, we will get at you with a preview on Thursday, Friday, maybe. Friday? Friday. Thursday, Friday. Look for us Thursday, Friday. The Friday night game is uh, throwing off our normal schedule, so we're not sure if this is going to go out, uh, if the uh, Wisconsin preview goes out Thursday night or Friday morning, whichever uh, way Woodman decides to uh, post it. Uh, so, anyways... Look for us uh, later on this week. Uh, we'll talk a little whiskey uh, football. If you listen to the Syracuse preview, we pretty much nailed it. So, you know, you maybe just listen to us. You don't even have to watch the game. Yeah, like we're super smart. Like, <laughs> never question our intellect. Anyway, y'all come back now, you hear?